Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, Bulldog fans everywhere. We are thrilled to be back with you on the Maroon Mike. I'm your co-host, Colton Watson. I'm your other co-host, Daniel Faulkner. And uh, thank you for listening. We're proud of y'all for showing up and showing out this weekend. We know that you have lots of reasons not to be listening to any uh, Mississippi State-related media these days, and we know that you have lots of choices. So thank you for choosing us. Uh, for some reason, I feel like I sound extra Southern today. Am I, is, am I getting like a lazy kind of draw even more than normal? You sound a little bit of a, a Southern right now, a bit more than normal. I don't know what it right, is. It's, you talking like that's by the end of the episode, I'm going to be complete in my full Southern accent. It, it, it happens whenever I talk to, to people with the accent, like I just, it catches on and I'll follow through. So by the time of this, we'll both be, uh, we'll both sound like we, uh, <laughs> I haven't been to a city in 30 years. I haven't I haven't been back like back home or anything. I don't know. I just feel I don't know. It might it maybe it happens when I'm tired. So Mississippi State did compete in an intercollegiate athletic event this week. It was a baseball game. It took place at home in Starkville, Mississippi at Duty Noble Field. And it was against the UAB Blazers. Um, I remember last year we played we played UAB on 420, and that was remarkable. I absolutely loved that. Um, whoever scheduled that is a genius. But uh, it is not April 20th yet, so still a good time to play the Blazers. And, you know, I'm not going to call it uh, a big win, or let me, let me put it this way. I am going to call it a big win. Some might say I shouldn't, but when you are at the point that we are at, every win is a big win. We are one midweek loss away from kissing the postseason goodbye, it feels like. I don't know if that's true or not, but we're not in good shape. we got to win these midweek games. And just thank our lucky stars for Hunter Hines, Casey Hunt, and Lane Forsythe, because without those guys, there's no way we win that game. Yeah, Lane Forsythe really turned into a hero. And, you know, it, it, it's something that <clears throat> when you think about it, you know, all the work that he's put in and, and trying to do at the plate, you know, he's one of the more disciplined, disciplined hitters at the plate, but whenever he swings the bat, it just, it hadn't been as good. Four for five and scoring the game winning run. That is a huge, huge deal for him. Obviously Hunter Hines, the clutch bat, once again, tying the game with a two run home run in the bottom of the ninth inning. And yeah, Casey Hunt looks like exactly what we wanted to see out of him exactly what we want to see and it I think uh Steve Robertson just uh published an article talking to him about how like Casey's okay being at the end of the day not the beginning of the day for pitching yeah and uh he he seems to be growing into kind of a closer role a week ago we thought that was Jackson Fristo I mean he, he has an outstanding performance against Memphis uh, one of the best performances in probably all the SEC in relief against Arkansas. And then starts off fantastic against LSU. Loses it a little bit, comes in the uh, pitch against UAB in the eighth, has a clean eighth inning, and then in the ninth, uh, you walk a guy on four pitches and then get scorched on a double. It's tough. It's tough for Jackson. Um, I don't know what his role is going forward, but this musical chairs with the pitching situation, I mean – you got uh, – we'll talk about the rotation here in a minute. We're, we're not we're, – we're kind of spinning our wheels in the mud here trying to figure out things pitching-wise. Guys take a step forward and they take two steps back or they take three steps forward and then a step back. And, and nobody is consistently finding those roles that should – you know, I don't want to say should have been found by now as in, you know, somebody's doing something wrong. But for us to be as successful as we want to be, those things need to settle sooner rather than later. And, of course, what has to do with that, you lose a Friday night starter, you lose a very key reliever, that's going to – and you lose Casey Hunt for a while, that's going to make it a lot more difficult to figure out these roles. But uh, we, we thought – we once again, we feel like we've got an idea of what those roles will, are now at this moment, but it was still completely different than what we thought a week ago. A week ago, we thought they were settling down too. And now uh, we have a different rotation. We have a different closer. 
Uh, middle relief is 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 different too because now you're going to expect Parker Stinnett in that role somewhere, and maybe Jackson Fristo kind of in the middle innings instead of the late innings. So everything looks completely different than it did a week ago, and yet you feel again maybe things are starting to settle down. Uh, it's kind of odd the way that that works out, but on the uh, that game Friday, uh, I guess it was Tuesday that we played. Today's Thursday. It's Tuesday that we played UAB. Um, you got some good pitching performances. Parker Stinnett came in and gave up a monstrous, an absolute towering home run. But how far did that go? I was eating crawfish. I couldn't see it. Yeah, we, you and I can have a discussion about that. I didn't get any crawfish. I'm mad, <laughs> but you have every right to be too. I saw what you said about it, and and that's unfortunate. I I, I didn't see it. I heard the, I heard the like crack at the bat, and like it was just that kind of sound. I was like, okay, that thing's gone. Like I didn't even I couldn't see where it went or anything. It was, was higher. Like, it went. It went. It went over the entire lounge. I mean, it was crushed. Wow. Um, but that was the only only all, all they gave up. On um, Pico Con. Did pretty okay, not fantastic, uh, but we're not going to hold it against him too, too much. Drew Talley did really good through two innings, and in that second inning gave up a leadoff double and then just did nothing but sit everybody down after that. Brooks Auger threw a clean inning with a couple strikeouts. We, know, we already talked about Jackson Fristo. So, you know, pretty good um, from those guys. You're still worried. I, I guess on my notes here we've got our color-coded pitchers. You're still worried a little bit about Fristo. Mikey Tepper haven't had their best stuff. Uh, I guess we can bump Stanette back up to around orange. I don't know. He did through two, two mostly clean innings. And then uh, still, you feel good about Casey Hunt. And really, that is your best reliever right now. Pico Khan is kind of – and Brooks Auger are both kind of in that conversation too. But there's not t- just a ton of guys back there that you're thrilled about if you're Mississippi State. Just pulling up the season statistics right here. And some of these are misleading. I mean, Brooks Augers up to a 3-3 ERA, Pico Con 3-6. Those are pretty solid, um, not lighting the woods on fire or anything. Um, Stinnett's up to a 6-3, so you really don't like to see that. But he's going to have to find it in some middle innings somewhere. Drew Talley, maybe. And then, of course, Casey Hunt, We, we his ERA is misleading. Uh, but he has, you know, seemed to find something uh, – recently but you got to find ways to win games with these pitchers this is who you got this is what this is who we're rolling with uh we're not going to be trotting uh cam tuller out there with a with a one-run lead with bases loaded nobody out i mean hopefully that shouldn't happen you're gonna have to is it's these four or five guys that you're gonna have to figure things out with yeah it's tough just there's so few pitchers that we can use right now but we're I mean, looking at our rotation, I, I I like it. I mean, I never look at a rotation and say, oh, God, like I dread the weekend. You know, I look at it and I say, all right, we have a good chance this weekend to go out, like make a difference on the mound and find ways to to win ball games. And I think that's very, very, very good that, you know, if we're going to talk about the rotation right now, the, the change that we made, right? Brandon Smith's pitching tonight. Now it's Thursday, but um, I think Brandon Smith definitely he's got the hot arm right now. I think, and uh, with the with the kind of work that he's putting in and making himself you know known out of the bullpen, I think he deserves another shot to start. Obviously, he had that shot his freshman year, did a good job with it. Uh, you know, after after having Tommy Johns, you know he he came back out again. And and wasn't as good out, out as a starter last year, but this year he's pitched so much better. I mean, he he just looks so good at the mound now, and it's the kind of work that that you know he's put in there that's kind of earned him this opportunity, right? Thursday night starter. Now, does that mean he's uh you know going to turn to Friday? I don't know. Maybe we're just trying to keep Preston pitching on a on 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 Friday night, so put Brandon Smith on Thursday for now and move him maybe to maybe to Saturday after these Thursday, two Thursday, Friday, Saturday series. But man, like Brandon Smith is going to do really good. I think uh, I'm going to say that about anybody we throw out there though. I mean, like I, I just, I'm always confident in our guys, no matter what. 
Yeah, so I think from a rotation standpoint, you know, Kate Smith did not have his best stuff last week. But this is, you know, we said this about Stanett. With Stanett, you know, we moved him into the starting rotation. I, I, I thought, you know, it could be feast or famine, and you knew there could be a little bit of give or take there. Brandon Smith's there now, and I feel a little bit different. I feel like, you know, Brandon isn't going to – he's not going to go out there and just leave you with no chance to win the game, okay? I mean, Parker Stanett, God bless him, you know, he went out there against Arkansas, and you just weren't winning that game after that. There was nothing you could have done. Uh, their bullpen was too good, and you were not hitting well enough to ever give you. You got basically what I'm saying is, in every start, I think Brandon Smith can give you at least a chance. Just the way that he's been pitching, that's how that's been working out. We're not uh, through talking about the UAB game though. Before we move too much into talk about this weekend, lineup change, a good lineup change, I think, uh, and and long term. This might be what can we expect. So we've talked about centering things, uh, settling things in center field, settling things at shortstop. Well, shortstop, at least for the short term, is settled, right? Lane Forsyth had some really, really good plate appearances. Even his out, uh, I guess it was a fielder's choice, on um, Tuesday was a scorched ball just right to the pitcher and kind of hung up Brad Cumbest out to dry. You hate that for Brad. Uh Four for five, he is going to be uh, in the in the lineup this weekend, no doubt about it. He would have to have a couple bad games in a row to maybe not play on Saturday, and I still doubt – I still think he's in all weekend. Or maybe Tanner Leggett gets some pinch hit situations or whatever. And then they wanted to get Slade Offord in there. Slade Offord did have one hit against um, UAB. He plays a really good third base. Uh, he's a – for a bigger guy, he moves, he moves really well does have some power in the bat, and that lets you move Cam James to the outfield, and that way you don't have to worry about, you know, the Jess Davis, Braylon Skinner, uh, whatever experience because, well, they're not none – of, none of those guys are starting. you got three power bats in the outfield now. I think that that's what they're going to kind of go with that type of lineup um, tonight. We'll see after tonight how that goes, but this could be – if you remember, you know, Brad Cumbus wasn't the everyday left fielder a year ago. Kellum Clark wasn't even in the lineup at this point a year ago. Uh, this could be the kind of the thing that maybe gets the lineup going. Now, we still left a lot of guys on base uh, against UAB. We didn't just pound the ball all night long. They, I think they pitched us pretty well. They did a good job limiting our, our scoring opportunities when they come. We had trouble scoring, putting up, putting up crooked numbers. We had to put them up one at a time. But I've – do think this lineup, at least, you know, they're trying, right? They're, they're not just sticking with what they've always gone with. They are going to try to find some new lineups, some new combinations to see what, what sticks and what's going to help us in and down the road. And for better or for worse, you know, maybe it, it's not any better. It's, I doubt it's much worse, uh, especially when it comes to leaving runners on base, but at least the experience for Slate Offered is all the, he'll be all the better for it next year. Yeah, Slate, Slate's definitely, I think, the guy going forward. And like I, I, you hit every point that's needed. Cam James can play defense in center field. Uh, I think this is almost a no-brainer decision. You know, Slate's looked really good at the plate. I think he's outworked at the moment. He's outworked Aaron Downs and has managed Aaron, to really – had a setback. I think he had a little bit of a wrist injury or something. Uh, he's okay. good now. Okay. Well, Aaron's also been, I guess um, – he He's good now. But for a couple weeks, he didn't right. have that for a long time, and I think he had an injury. And, I mean, we're out of the whole – I mean, when you think about the lines that we've gone through, right, where there was a time when Von Siebert was in the starting lineup for, what, a week and a half, two weeks. Uh, now he's usually a first pinch hitter out of the, out of the dugout. Um, there was a time I remember Aaron Downs was starting. We had Jess Davis. I went to Drew McGowan, Braylon Skinner, different guys. This lineup looks like, at least in terms of batting, our best possible lineup. Now, the question is, as always, like, will Hunter and Kellum, like, come clutch in those, those runners-on-base situations? One guy who I think is just constantly, you know, at least most of the time, not every single time, but almost every single time, uh, gotten a hit with runners in scoring position is Logan Tanner. You know, that, that guy, whenever someone's on second base – it's probably going to get him home. He's almost certainly going to get him home. And I feel like 
if everyone else starts to find a way to do that, you know, find a way to get that base hit. I know it's a lot of pressure. Find a way to get that base hit. Maybe every once in a while hit a home run. You know, I think it's really going to help us out in the long run. And Aaron Downs definitely going to be an upgrade in terms of the the batting order. You know, wherever he's going to be hitting, Lane Forsyth catching fire is going to be a huge thing. You know, he, he is our secret weapon. Uh, and don't don't let Lane get hot, ladies and gentlemen, because he don't will Lane get hot. You. He will burn you. Yeah, Lane Lane Forsythe still waiting on that first extra base hit, but his average came up 50 points uh, after that game Tuesday. Yeah. Jumping in, you know, we've already talked about it. They made the announcement, and I really, really like it. Um, you don't – this way – and it might change, you know. They might uh, go ahead and make Brandon Smith the Sunday guy after this. So, I don't think that will be next week because you still kind of got the Thursday, Friday, Saturday going thing, thing going on. But rather than stick Brandon Smith on Sunday and move everybody uh, – move Cade Smith up, they're just going to do Brandon Smith on Friday. Preston gets to throw his normal day. And then Cade uh, is still like your quote unquote Sunday starter, and he only moves up one day. So if you if you made Cade Smith your Saturday starter, quote unquote, he would be moved up two days. But now Brandon Smith is kind of throwing on short rest, but uh, he's already he's he's been through the Tommy John already. He's also had uh, didn't have just a, a, a whole ton of pitches the other day. Actually, let's go look at how many pitches he had exactly on Saturday. Yeah, I can't remember. 92. Pretty hot, pretty good clip, but it's not like he threw 115. Uh, so he'll be he'll be good to go tonight. And I, I do like what this rotation brings for Mississippi State. It's not, you know, it's not like with Stanette where you're like, okay, you're gonna with Stanette, I felt like you're gonna have some games where you're just gonna he's gonna strike out everybody like he did against Texas Tech, and you're gonna kill teams. And then you're going to have some games where he's walking the yard and, and you're scratching your head just wondering what's going on. With Brandon Smith, I think he's going to be a zero to four runs guy in six innings pretty much every game. And he's going to give you a chance to win. But he's not going – he's definitely – I don't want to say definitely because things <laughs> baseball's a weird game. Yeah, It would be shocking if he walked the yard. He's got three walks all year. In 32 innings, that would be that would be shocking. Uh, he's not going to give up too many free passes. He's actually, uh, I think he's got only three. He's got three hit by pitch. He's almost got more hit by pitch than he's got walks. He's or he's got three apiece there. But he's going to uh, pound the zone. He's going to, if he's keeping that ball down. He's going to be very effective. Get get guys to ground out. Really excited for Brandon Smith. Preston Johnson had his best performance of his, maybe of his career. Uh, I guess outside of that Vanderbilt uh, game uh, in the in the College World Series where he came in in relief and just and gave up just the one solo home run, he was outstanding on Friday. And Cade Smith, we know what he can do. He had a bad start on Sunday. Hopefully, we can get that behind him. This lineup, we'll talk about it in a minute. Not quite as potent as the LSU lineup, but. I think the rotation, this is the rotation that's going to give you the best chance to win. And with KC uh, kind of in a closer role, maybe he he makes multiple appearances uh, on a weekend. That is the guy that uh, is you're going to have to piece things together with, along with Pico, Brooks Auger, Jackson Fristone, Parker Stinnett at some point. You just got to kind of be careful with how you use those guys, though. Yeah, I agree. I, th- I think KC and uh... – and Auger at the end of games is the best route. And then, like you said, you know, Fristo, um, um, uh, Stinnett, Tally, you know, those guys in the middle of the game. Pico, like, I mean, Pico Khan's really good, but I, I think he does his best not at the beginning or the end of the game. It looks like it's when he's that first reliever at the bullpen. That looks like when he's at his best. And – I think Tuesday kind of showed that he did have a shaky start, you know, and, and, you know, we're kind of looking at it like, Oh brother, are we, you know, going to lose to UAB and we nearly did, you know, that wasn't all on him. I mean, our bats had to, our bats, ha- our bats had to get going. They had to. Yeah. I think he, he, uh, he's good as that first reliever at the bullpen. Really, really enjoy that. Uh, watching that. 
you know, and, and contrary to someone's belief, uh, Pico throws just fine. He, he does not throw, he throws just hard enough to be an SEC pitcher. And with the, with the 12, six breaking ball, like he has, uh, quite frankly, I don't care how, how, if you want to call it slow, his fastball is so what he hits just 90, you know what, when you're, when you're a hitter and coming on out of the hand, you can't tell if that ball is going to, you know, be at the top of the zone or is going to break all the way out of the strike zone. That's scary. And that's what makes him a dangerous pitcher. So I had to give a shout out to, uh, what's his name? Arthur, who's now deleted his Twitter. Um, and that's not his name. I mean, that is a fake human being. That is yeah. a 100% a troll account. My thing is, though, are these troll accounts just piss poor Mississippi State fans? Or are they guys with own fans of other teams that have way too much time on their hands and need to get a job and get a life? Or the third option is, I guess there's four options. The third option they don't have anything to do with any sports team. They just like causing trouble and sports teams are easy uh, targets or maybe I mean, there's some, some, algorithm, really some robot, some robot, some algorithm is doing that. I doubt that, but. Well, we, look, we, we, it's easy to rile up sports fans, uh, Mississippi state fans. Yeah, you, you say one thing, like we come, we come crashing. Um, but you know, yeah, whatever it is, it, it doesn't matter in the end. Count's gone. Come back in some other form or whatever. Won't matter, but yeah. Well, he's not gone. He, he's he's somewhere else out there. He's out there, yeah, but whatever. You'll find, you'll find an account that says, it says joined April 2022. And you're like, oh, there he is. He's back. Yeah, whatever it is. I mean, he just got tired of his notifications getting blown up because he, you know, wanted to make our fans look bad or whatever. You know, people online are talking about it like, you know, oh, well, we're not, like, trying to make it personal. It's like, well, yeah, look, we're playing bad. Don't say that we're, like, a crappy team. Like, our potential's through the roof, you know. We just aren't up at that potential at the moment. You know, people are like, you know, I can say whatever I want about this team. I pay money. Yeah, you can. But don't be shocked whenever we bring a counterstatement back. Like, you're wrong, actually. I don't know. It, it, it's fun to create – find and and ensue chaos on Twitter. I always enjoy that. But, uh, yeah, this rotation is going to do good. Uh, I think we're going to – we're definitely going to find a way to, to 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 do our best to get at least two wins this weekend. I mean, it's a ranked Auburn team we're playing. Who would have thought, you know, coming into the year that Auburn would be ranked and we wouldn't be? I know, right? It is – insane that that what we are the only we are the only SEC West team right now not ranked all Miss shouldn't be ranked well wait AM AM never mind never mind AM one of two SEC West teams not ranked Ole Miss should not be ranked but here we are they're ranked we're not we'll fix that next weekend don't worry uh, we'll make sure they're not ranked next weekend course they get south carolina if they lose that one they're definitely not going to be ranked but I, I don't see them losing it either south carolina not good at baseball no they're Unless not. you're a top 10 team and then they are the 27 yankees moving on uh, we are going to talk about auburn um going to talk about you know as usual they're starting pitching their relief pitchers and then some of their hitters again solid team not uh, they don't have the ERA that LSU had. They don't have the the batting. They I guess the batting average is close, but they don't have you know, not nearly the power that um, LSU had. They are kind of a doubles team. We'll get into all that though. There are three starters, and th this could shift. Um, they could move these guys around again. Thursday, Friday, Saturday makes is a tempting time to start moving guys around. First of all, second of all, their Sunday starter, who's just started the last two games, two Sundays, he hasn't uh, been starting all year. He has been outstanding, and they haven't really gotten what they wanted on Saturdays recently, so maybe they flip those guys. You know, who knows? But uh, we are going to talk about them in the order that they've been appearing in recent, most recently. Uh, 
And if they shift, they shift around. You know, who knows? Hayden Mullins, he's been going on Fridays, 3.04 ERA. So if you're comparing him with Brandon, Brandon's got a 4.22 ERA, but Brandon's ERA has been under three since uh, early March. So he kind of got that, got that ERA up early in the season, did Brandon Smith. But Mullins is just 3.04, pretty good. Three and one, just this is the weird thing right here. He's a Friday night starter. But just 23.2 innings pitched. He's almost kind of a setup guy or like an opener, um, I guess is the word for that. He's not, you know, going very long. He, he's gone two innings, two innings. He didn't last, but point one inning against Yale. And I got to make sure he even started that game. No, he didn't start that game. He was a reliever then. So they, they've moved their starters around a lot. They, they haven't, had, they've only had one guy that's been starting all year. Um, so anyway, very little uh, innings against Yale, three against Rhode Island, and then he's starting in SEC play. Five innings against Ole Miss. That's his season long. Three against AM and then four and 4.1 against Vanderbilt. So, again, look, recently he's gone three or four innings. But for the most part, he's not going really six or seven. Again, just 23.2 innings on the year. 32 strikeouts to 17 walks. So he's not, um, not, not exactly – a big control guy, 17 walks in 23 and 23 innings is obviously a lot. 32 strikeouts, though, uh, that's a pretty decent number, too. That's, you know, obviously not Landon Sims numbers, but that's about the same ratio as, you know, your Preston Johnson has. So that, that, that tells you anything. He has a low 90s fastball. He's a, got a curveball and a slider and a changeup. When he was younger, the curveball was really what it, what he would throw uh, get you out with, but now it's mostly the slider and a little bit more of the changeup. The curveball is kind of just extra, a little bit of the icing on the cake. He is left-handed, so do with that information what you will. Some some guys, some people hear the word left-handed and they just start clutching their pearls and think that we're that we're going to get carved up. Uh, I do expect you know fastball around the low nineties, ninety two. Been good lately. So lately he's been doing his best work. Only gave up two runs against LSU in four innings, no runs against Vanderbilt, and one run apiece to Texas A&M and Ole Miss. So in SEC play, he's been pretty good. Next we've got uh, Trace Bright. Trace Bright, they've that's the one they've kind of had the most trouble out of the past couple of weeks. However, he has been um, – very much the only he's the only guy that started every single week. He's the only guy who who's only been a starter. He's not come out of the bullpen at all. And like I said, hasn't been the best guy for them uh, as of late. Three point eight three ERA. He's two and three. He has does lead the team in innings at forty innings. Just for the record, there he leads the team in innings at forty innings, and we've got multiple guys with more than forty innings. Brandon Smith is thirty two. Preston Johnston is forty two. Kate Smith is forty four. They have a lot of guys um, that have thrown five or more appearances. That have so they, they've got I think seventeen guys that with five plus with five or more appearances. We only have twelve, so they are using a lot of different arms. So it's kind of hard to get a read on just like this is the guy, like this is the guy that they want out of the bullpen. This is the guy they want in this situation because they use a lot of guys. Anyway, Trace Bright, forty innings, forty three uh, strikeouts to nineteen walks. So, again, we'll walk you a bit. That's about half a walk per inning uh, and only a, about a strikeout per inning. So, not, you know, Brandon Smith in terms of strikeouts, but definitely not Brandon Smith in terms of walks. I'm trying to make these comparisons for y'all. <clears throat> Goodness. Right-handed, and I could not find what pitches he throws. I have no idea. No clue. Recently, though, against um, Vanderbilt, he gave up six runs, <clears throat> three runs against LSU, Two runs against Texas A&M, six runs against Ole Miss. Hasn't been great uh, as of lately. He's given up at least two runs and 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 every start the past five outings, and all of those but one have been more than three two runs. So again, if that if they pull somebody, if they change the rotation, that's who I think they're going to change, or they might move him to Sunday. Joseph Gonzalez, this guy has been fantastic. He's on he's their Sunday guy right now. Only has a couple starts this year. His ERA is at 195. <clears throat> I just lost my voice again. His ERA is at 195. He's 4-0, 32.1 innings pitch. So even though he's been kind of a part-time starter, he's got nine more innings almost than Hayden Mullins, who's started who started more games than him. 
again, kind of just a weird situation. Joseph Gonzalez, or actually, let me let me get this right. He's actually started. He's actually started one more game than uh, Mullins, but he has less appearances than Mullins. So never mind there. But anyway, thirty-two innings pitch, twenty-four strikeouts, seven walks. So he's pretty good on the walk thing. Not not a lot of strikeouts at all in thirty-two innings. He is a sinker ball pitcher. He's 81, 91 miles an hour. Uh, he's, he's mostly working that fastball, working the bottom of the zone. That's been kind of the guy that's given State trouble historically over the years. He doesn't throw that terribly fast. Uh, usually if you get somebody going out there 95 and living in the top of the zone, we can we can square that up. This is the type of guy that can give us kind of fits. He can pitch efficiently. He threw a complete game against Vanderbilt, a complete game. He can go long. These other guys we talked about, how they're not going terribly long. He can go long. Uh, we talked about uh, Mullins doesn't go that far. Trace Bright hasn't gone longer than uh, hasn't gone longer than five innings in a in a SEC game yet. Out of four SEC games, he's gone the most he's gone is five Not Gonzalez. Gonzalez can go for a while. So if you want to, you want to find a way to get him out of the game. If you're Mississippi State, yeah. Um, looking at these starters, I mean, yeah, it, it, it's – that Gonzalez guy is going to be tough. Uh, I just looked at their website. You know, it, it, they said the probable starters are those in order. And so they're – that's basically what we're going to see tonight. We're going to see Hayden Mullins. And, you know, as is his custom, you know, let's hope we, we get him out pretty quickly. Take a look at the uh, guys with uh, – out of the bullpen. You know, they have quite a few guys, um, 17, 17 pitchers with uh, – five or more appearances. So there, there's a lot. They have a very large bullpen, way larger than ours. Uh, not necessarily as deep, but it is a very, very big, uh, uh, very big bullpen. So some of the big guys they use, uh, first one is Carson Skipper. In uh, 10 appearances, he has 27 and two-thirds innings, 3-0 record, 3-2-5 ERA, 25-6 to six strikeout to walk ratio, and a 2.40 batting average again. So not – not the flashiest pitcher out there, but in a, in his like ten appearances, he's been known to go into long relief. Right, that's nearly, you know, that's two and two thirds average per outing that he's going out there. So expect to see him tonight, following Hayden Mullins. I'd say, uh, looking at, looking at, you know, if Mullins doesn't go that far to start the game, Carson Skipper is going to come in pretty early on and come in relief right away and go as long as he can for the Thursday night game. The next big guy we have is uh, Blake Burkhalter. In 14 appearances, he is 23 and a third innings pitch, 3-0 record, 3-4-70 RA, uh, but much more in the strikeouts, 33 strikeouts to just two walks and a 1-6-7 batting average against. He, he, does not, he does not walk you. Like, do not go up there expecting a walk. He's going to come at you. He's going to attack you attack the strike zone, but that does make him more home run prone, albeit more solo home runs that he gives up, right? <clears throat> I, I say four home runs. The fact that he's got a low batting average and a high walk, strikeout ratio and low walks, but still is around three and a half runs in his ERA, I think he's given up a couple big flies at some bad moments. Yeah. He's only and... given up nine total earned runs in the 23 innings he, he's the kind of guy that you know if we're not careful like he, he's gonna he's gonna walk right over it's just like uh Razelman did for for LSU you know someone we thought we'd get in their head and and um, another big guy is uh Mason Barnett I he's got a lot of innings Burkhalter and Skipper are tied for the team lead four home runs given up so yes yeah so we we might be able to attack Burkhalter you know, if we, if we, you know, look, look to swing. Don't don't go yeah. through the for a walk. Yeah, don't. If you go up looking for a walk, you're walking back to the dugout. Um, right. You know, Mason Barnett threw quite a bit this in the midweek, uh, five innings. He's all right. Uh, you know, he gives up a few runs his last eight appearances. He used to be a weekend guy, uh, since moved out of there. But yeah, looking at it, I mean, might see him in a scenario if, like, State has a big lead and they just got to get someone to eat the innings, they don't want to use a skipper or Calter. Um, you might see Mason Barnett, not not today, but to, tomorrow or Saturday. You know, if, if a game gets kind of blown open, there's a pretty good chance he'll be 
he'll be out there. Uh, next guy is uh, Carson Swilling, 10 appearances. He's got an 0-2 record in a 15 and two-thirds innings, a 5-1-70 array, an 18-9 strikeout-to-walk ratio. It's very not that great. You know, like for every two strikeouts, he walks someone. So he's he's going to put guys on base. He's going to let them score. You know, and, and kind of looking at that ERA and the strikeout-to-walk ratio, it's almost like what we saw out of Parker Stinnett at his lowest. You know, maybe Swillen will have that big – that you know, big strikeout moment that we've seen out of Parker Sinet. But then again, you know, you throw off the rhythm, they're going to walk guys. Uh, another guy we got is uh, Jordan Armstrong, nine appearances, three and one record. Nine appearances, he has 24 and two-thirds inning pitched and a 3.65 ERA. In those 24 innings, he has 38 strikeouts to just nine walks. Another one of those, like, big strike throws, just like Percalter, another long relief guy. Just a 2.76 batting average against, though. I mean, he, he gives up hits, not walks, right? And he hasn't thrown a whole lot on the weekends, but he did throw 45 in their midweek on Tuesday. So he he and uh he and Mason Burnett, you know, both threw a good bit this during the week. So probably won't see them. We definitely won't see them today. Might have a chance to see them on Friday or Saturday. Yeah, he, he's a big throw strikes, you know, try to shove it to the batter. Every once in a while he'll walk somebody, but, you know, it kind of falls in that same category, like might give up a solo home run, might give up, you know, a big fly. And and that that's part of the thing. Like you got to go up there looking to swing the bat. If you just leave it on your shoulders, you're walking right back to the dugout. Um, last big uh, reliever we got is Chase Alsup. 10 appearances, 13 one-thirds innings, 203 ERA, 22 strikeouts and eight walks, just a 200 batting average against. So he is walking guys a bit more than average. He hadn't pitched in a while on, on the weekends. You know, it's been three weekends since we've uh, seen or heard from him, you know, but but that 203 ERA and 22 strikeouts and 13 innings is a really big, really big stat. You know, not giving up a whole lot of hits, more so. It's the walks, putting guys on base, the free passes that have come back to bite them. But it's another one of those guys, like, you got to look out for it. You know, Swilling and uh, – not Swilling, uh, Armstrong and Alsop, like, they come out there and we've got to know how to approach them. And, and Alsop's one of those guys, yeah, you can you can take a few pitches and see what he's working with. But with Armstrong, like, you got to go up ready to swing because he will throw more strikes than than Alsop will. But, yeah, it's, it's a decent, pretty good – I'm not decent, a really good bullpen. I think a lot of guys who can do damage, a few of these guys, they come out there like it's got to be, all right, we got to get our stuff together. You know, if we don't have a lead, like we have to figure something out. It's, I wouldn't say panic mode up there, but a few of these guys go up, we'll have to, we'll have to make a few changes to our, uh, to our batting because we've got to get, we've got to get runs up on these guys. Got to. Yeah. So again, Lots of relievers that are used, but not kind of a weird situation. They've got a couple of guys that do long relief. So there's definitely a few guys that they're relying on to chew up innings, especially because their starters, uh, except for Gonzalez, don't necessarily stay in the game terribly long. But in the same vein, I'll just go ahead and tell you, I picked out the, all the guys with the most appearances. Everybody in that I named was just all the pitchers that had double-digit appearances I named. And then I still named a couple guys that haven't thrown on SEC weekend in a while. So you see these guys with five, six, or seven appearances, not that many, and you're like, are, are these their SEC guys? You know, uh, why? how come the guys with the most appearances aren't throwing in the uh, high-stake innings? You know, very interesting. Uh, Butch Thompson, but you know he's going to manage a pitching staff well. So overall, uh, Auburn has a 420 ERA, 340 Ks to 139 walks. To compare to ours, they're a run better than us. We have a 523 ERA, uh, 377 Ks, 147 walks. Our ratio is a little bit better, 2.6 ratio to 2.4. Uh, batting average against almost exactly the same, 244 to 249. That's interesting. So we did all those stats. We're actually slightly better in, in strikeouts, walks, and batting average against, but they are a run better in ERA. That tells you that these guys, Butch Thompson's guys, know how to pitch in the stretch. They know how to um, limit 
opportunity scoring opportunities. They know how to get out of jams. They're experienced that way. And that has been our weakness the past couple of weeks is hitting with runners in scoring position, you know, making uh getting guys on third base to come home. The, I don't like that. I don't like that Auburn, you know, even though they are they're not striking out anybody more than we are, they're giving up as many hits as we are, they're walking us slightly more than we are compared to their innings pitched. They have a whole run better ERA. That's significant. Their opponent for their hitter, uh, as a hitting team, Auburn's a very, very solid team hitting for average. Uh, no doubt about that. Similar runs per game as us, similar strikeouts and walks per game, but they do have a higher average with, with just less home runs. So we're batting 272 with 59 bombs. They're batting 297. That's almost 25 points better with 35 home runs. So they're not a power team outside of one guy who you'll hear about and you've probably heard a lot about already. 7.35 runs per game for us. They're a shade ahead of us at 7.67. So just like, you know, about 0.3 runs better per game. 8.3 Ks per game for us to 8.27 for them. Very similar. And they walk a little bit more. We're at 4.73. They're at 5.0 walks per game. So again, very similar. They're going to hit. They're a big doubles team. They have a lot of doubles. Actually, I'll go ahead and get that number for you. 69 doubles, 69 doubles compared to, I know we're not even close to that, 53. So they're a doubles team. We are uh, more of a power team in a power park these days as Duty Noble Field. Uh, they do have a couple power guys. Uh, Daniel's going to tell you about right now. There's one hitter in particular. Yeah, I mean, the guy that everyone's heard of is uh, Sonny, am I going to say it wrong, Dakara? Deshera. Deshera. Oh, wrong way to spell Deshera. Uh, yeah, it oh makes no, it's, not think same, of, it's not the same as Mark Teixeira, but makes still, makes me think of Teixeira with the X. Right, right, big Tex. Um, I mean, he, he is hitting the cover off the ball. He's slashing four thirty eight, uh, average five eighty five slug uh, on base and nine. No, 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 no. five eighty five. Slugging is last. Oh wait, that is a slugging. Oh goodness, nine seventeen slugging, y'all. I. It, it was so high for a second. I'd do a double take because that makes his OPS right around 1,500. Oh, yeah. That, that makes it right at 1,500. It's almost slugging 1,000, yes. So, yeah, I, I do a double take for that a sec. Um, yeah. Huge numbers. 11 home runs. He's walked 31 times. He's leading the SEC in hitting, obviously. Absolutely mashing right now. And big part of the reason why why they're they're playing so well, and even even when pitchers bring their best to them, like they're not able they're not able to put them down, and you know it, it, it's pretty rough. He also uh, with that he even walks by the next guy we got it. If you did, if you couldn't guess, he leads the team and walks by a large margin. Yeah, thirty-one walks is a lot considering what we've played. They've probably played around 31 games. He's walking almost once a game. That is huge. Huge stuff. Um, next guy we got is uh, Blake Rambush. Uh, he's hitting 374 for average, 438 on base, and 49 slugging. So it's another, like, nearly at 1,000 uh, OPS. Just two home runs. But, like, you know, what, what, why do you – as long as you're getting on base for uh, Deshera in, uh, behind you, that's all that matters. Your next guy is uh, Kaysen Howell, another 321, 403 on base, 49 slugging, right? Two homers. Doesn't matter. Like, he's finding ways to get on base, and you have guys like this share behind you that are going to get you, and that's why they're able to score as much. Brody Moore, uh, last big hitter we'll talk about, 295 average, 385 on base, 393 slugging. Little bit. Below average, I'd say uh, he's definitely not a, a power hitter. A, a 393 slugging isn't isn't all that great. I mean, his OPS is right below right below 800, which at least I consider like if you're OPS 800 or above, I think you're a pretty good hitter. Uh, but he's still doing enough to like just help the team win, right? That's what he's been doing. Two home runs as well. You know, three guys right there that are slashing really good, just two home runs. It doesn't matter if they're not hitting home runs. Like we talked about it. They're more of a doubles team. Uh, Bertie Moore is more of like a, a singles guy, but like I said, he's, he's helping the team win games, and that's what's helping Auburn get to this number 17 ranking that they have, and that's why they're 
they're a dangerous opponent for us right now. You know, who, who, I think we said this earlier, who would have thought that, that when we played Auburn Easter weekend or Super Bowl dog weekend, that Mississippi State would be unranked and Auburn would be number 17 in the country? It's crazy. And just to kind of put some of that in perspective for their hitters, you know, maybe the home run numbers other than DeShera aren't there, but 489 on base percentage, two of those guys are matched at 489. That's 50 points higher than our best OBP. Okay, and that which is Luke Hancock at 422. But that tells or I guess we'll say right at 60 points higher, 65. That is uh striking. So they are a good offensive team from that standpoint. Does it translate to a ton of runs every game? Not terribly. Uh, it's about, again, similar to us. Does it translate to, you know, I, if you look at some of these scores, some of these games are scoring 19 runs, and then some of these scores they're, you know, putting up three or four. So they're kind of a feast or famine kind of lineup too at the same time. But they really are uh, just a solid – I think the best way to describe them is just a solid team. Solid team. They're not um, – they're not going to beat themselves. Butch Thompson's a good coach. We know that. But just look at these last few weeks. I mean, four runs, eight, four, and a loss to Vanderbilt, five, six, six, two, and a loss to LSU, six, two, and a loss to Jacksonville State. Here's a crooked number here, 13, four, and a loss to Texas A&M, six, 13, against to South Alabama. Again, just a solid team. They're not going to go out there and, and and score one or two runs more often than not. They're not going to go out there and uh, give up, ex- uh, except in rare circumstances, 20 runs uh, out of the bullpen or something. They just find ways to win games. They've won a lot of close games. Uh, they've lost a lot of games that aren't close, but most of, a lot of their wins are close. But they've lost games, you know, by seven, by 13, by 15 runs. These closer games they have a lot better record in. They did lose a series at Middle Tennessee State, or excuse me, at home to Middle Tennessee, which kind of made you think, you know, same old Auburn, right? But then they've done well since then. Who would have thought Middle Tennessee State had a ranked win? All right, our keys to the game, I think, I really think there's only one, and it's super obvious, but you just got to get hits with runners in scoring position. Auburn is good at limiting those opportunities. We've got to be better. We have got to be better. I think if I was going to throw in another uh, another key, this is also super obvious. But I mean, when you're a bad team, when you're not playing your best baseball, uh, the 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 keys to winning become a lot clearer. It's not like this is a chess match for the ages or anything. But you've had two weeks in a row where you've only gotten one quality start. You need two, at least two, really good starts. Two quality starts. So hope that the rotation button pushing works out for you is key number one. And then key number two is you got to find a way with runners on base. If you have to get, if you have to do a push bunt, if you have to steal home, <clears throat> goodness, if you have to lift a fly ball into the outfield, but we're not striking out, we're not rolling over soft ground balls on, uh, or, or easy ground balls and double play balls with runners in scoring position. You're, you're hitting line drives. You're flying out at least uh, to tag up a runner. You're laying down a bunt. You got to do something. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's kind of tough to figure out. I think it's yeah, obviously it's obviously you know get running scoring position and score them. Man, like when they limit the walks, you know, and throughout the game, don't leave more than five guys on. You know, we're we've been the kings of left on base this year. We have been the kings of that. Um, but someone at the plate has to step up, or you know that. If we, if we don't figure this out, the season's starting to, to slip away from us right now. You can still say we're, in a, we're a tournament team, but, like, winning this series would would put us right back in the conversation. It's like, all right, we are a host – or not a host, a, a tournament team. We're not a hosting team. Uh, far from it. That ship has sailed. Yeah, there, there, there's no regional that, that, that will be that held ship, at Duty Noble Field. That ship uh, a tournament team, anchor up – had its anchor up, sails unfurled, and was turned away facing the outside of the harbor after before LSU. It yeah. is around the equator now. It is gone. We 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 will not host, but um, I mean, yeah, making the tournament's all that matters now. Just make the freaking tournament, you know. Win a ranked series. We still have what six more series left in the SEC. 
four of those are against ranked teams. Win one of those series. Win, win the unranked series, but win one of the ranked series. Start with Auburn. You know, right now in the D1 baseball's top 25, eight of our 10 SEC opponents are in the top 25. Don't tell me the SEC West isn't a gauntlet. Like all SEC teams in the top 25, we have to play this year. Uh, it, it is it is a pain to have to deal with that. But, you know, it's a pain that we bear with with strength and honor, and we hope we win. Yeah, that's what I got there. I mean, the season's slipping away from us. We got we to figure it out quick. And I'm going to keep saying that every week. But like, get a ranked win. You know, score the guys on base. That moves into our prediction. And, you know, I, I hate to be a Debbie Downer. I cannot predict a series win uh, after what I saw against LSU. You know, we all felt good when we walked off UAB, but honestly, I mean, and UAB is a solid team, and they're and they always get up to play Mississippi State, Auburn, and Alabama. I mean, that that if you go look at their record against those teams in the past few years, it means something to them. Uh, they played a really close game with Auburn. They beat Alabama already this year. Um, they they did beat Auburn or lose to Auburn by 15 once uh, earlier in the year. But for the most part, you know, they're really excited to play those games. So that's a, that's a solid win. But you still should have won, you know, by five runs. I mean, you, you should have hit the ball better with runners on base. You shouldn't have blown uh, blown an opportunity to, to get into the ninth tied if you're um, Jackson Bristow in the ninth inning uh, if you're Mississippi State. You know, if that inning plays out the same, you know, you win that five to three, maybe you're just a little bit more comfortable. But it didn't inspire a ton of confidence. So with that, you know, the really poor weekend this weekend, last weekend, and uh, the fact that, you know, we didn't just go out and, and rake the yard on Tuesday, I don't think that we've got it in us this week, even though we really kind of have to have it. You kind of have to have a sweep here. Uh, I just don't expect it. I've got us at one and two. I think we'll probably win. What game would we win? I feel like we're going to win. If they don't m- m- pull mix up their starters, they've had some uh, some adventurous, some very adventurous Saturday games. If they don't mix up their starters, I think Preston Johnson going against Trace Bright is your best chance to win a game. Yeah, I agree. Like, I, I got us at one and two. Um, I mean, I just – I don't see us winning two games. I want to. I really want to, but – until the team proves they can they can hit very effectively and efficiently, like I just I can't I can't predict it. I can't predict it. So we'll drop two games this weekend, regroup for uh for Ole Miss, you know. That, who knows what happens. Of, like matters the most to winning. That 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 series like the egg bowl. Anybody can win about anybody. I mean, it's usually us, but it doesn't matter what the rankings are. Doesn't matter who's favored to win that series, things can happen, you know. So that's all we got for today. We will be back to recap the series on Monday. I'm sorry I couldn't get this episode out uh, earlier. We tried last night, didn't work, but we got it now. You got oh seven hours. So seven hours till first pitch when we're finishing this up. So seven hours. So it'll it'll be up, it will be up by noon. Until next time, as always, swing your sword and hail state.